0: of Love Never Fails, heard daily on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR Decatur, dallas Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff.
1: Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, ever wondered what to do with that box of old coins that's sitting in your closet? Today, we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for prudent money. are listening to the prudent money radio show thank you so much for joining me today you know i do appreciate it well do you have a potential fortune in old coin just sitting in your closet it might just be worth a look today burnett morris is here to tell us what to do and how to do it he is the president of coinanalysis.com burnett great to have you on the program my friend
0: so glad to be here bob
1: You know, I would bet that you see this scenario a lot. You know, a father or a mother passes away and leaves a big box of coins. And in the back of your mind, you're looking at those coins, you're thinking, are they worth anything? How commonplace is this?
0: It's very, very commonplace. Uh, been doing this since uh, I retired from corporate in 2004. And you would not believe there's an old saying there's fortunes in people's attics. Uh, And the key thing that we do find is that it is the lack of knowing where to go and how to evaluate and what to do with them that they just languish in cigar boxes, bags, safety deposit boxes
1: before somebody
0: says, well, let's try to find out what these are
1: worth. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about the about the process. I mean, you have—I know—you got to be really careful because you have local dealers, you have national dealers, and you obviously need help to get to, to go through the process. Which makes the most sense? Well, you got to start
0: somewhere, and I will tell you one of the things that people can do uh, that they couldn't do in the past because the database wasn't there, and if they have access to to the internet. All they have to do is start looking things up on the computer and you can find out about grading services, about grading firms. Uh, The key thing that I would just caution everyone, not everybody that's listed as a dealer on the internet is one that you'd want to work for, uh, want to go to, but the aspect of the background data of saying, you know, who is PCGS, who is NGC, who is CAC? Those are the kind of things that one will lead you into another, and you can sort of get an idea of what the process is. And then you can also find out, for example, who the people are that deal in those particular kind of services. For example, the the newest grading service out is CAC, which which was in the past a sticker that went onto a PCGS and NGC coin. Now they have their own grading service, And so far, there's only four dealers in the state of Texas who submit those to uh, CAC. So when you have that kind of newness, you say, well, where can I go? You say, well, on the Internet, it says you go to one of these four firms. But, again, it gives information that years ago, Bob, this information wasn't out there.
1: You know, I know that there's uh, uh – good and bad people in in every business. And as far as looking at coins and that type of thing, what are some of the red flags of companies that you should look for in that selection process?
0: Well, I I will tell you the most common thing everyone does is say, well, see if they have anything to do, uh, any ratings from the better business bureau. Uh, That is sort of like picking if you have a flat tire from being inside the car. Uh, I tell everyone that the best way to check if you have uh, a firm that should be suspicious is check with the attorney general's office or the consumer affairs division of the state that you're in. Uh, Find out who the individuals are, who the principals are, and find out if there have been any complaints lodged to the state by anybody against these people. There are many, many well-known dealers at the point, they were like, oh, these are the best guys in the world. The next thing you know, some of them are in prison. Some of them are, were run out of business because of uh, shady dealings. And there are some firms, believe it or not, there's one right now out of Arizona that has had a horrible history. And they're still advertising on radio.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those, a uh, lot of those uh, uh, commercials are very aggressive. The marketing is very aggressive, and you just, you just don't know. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the grades of a coin, and and uh, talk about what you mean by that.
0: Okay, grading very simply is when someone says, "What is this coin, and how much is it worth?" Uh, if you look at a coin in its natural state, you look at it, and go, "It's a coin. It was pressed at the mint." And it's used for for currency, and then we have a situation where coins that were minted for commercial use that for some reason weren't used, they were collected by people back in the... uh, 1800s, which goes back that far, Uh, the early uh, 20s, 30s, someone found that coin when they broke it out of their chains and said, I'm not going to spend it, I'm going to save it, I'm going to collect it. I'm going to collect coins like it. So you have all these coins that, to a degree, look like they were when they left the mint. Well, it got to the point in 1985, this is when Everything turned on. its when when I was in the midst of the industry, uh, the major grading firm was called the American Numismatic Association Certification Service. It was called ANEX. And if you had a coin you wanted to sell, I had a coin I wanted to sell, and. One person said, Well, his coin is a 65, which is a high grade. And the other guy says, No, I think it's a 63. I don't want to pay as much. You would then be able to send it to ANEX, and they would grade the coin and say, We looked at it independently. Here it is in the little case, and it's a 65. So the guy said, See, it's a 65. Here's how much uh, you can pay me for it. And the guy with the 63, in most cases, would say, Oh, well, I agree with it. ANEX looked at it. Well, the problem in 1985, Amex did something that rocked the industry to its core. They said, our opinion of grading is just that. It's an opinion. And you're just as good as one person as another. The industry was thrown into a turmoil. People in the, in the business lost millions of dollars because all of a sudden, here they have coins that were being touted as being graded by an organization. Now the organization mm. says, hey, our opinion doesn't mean as much as anyone else's. So then into this into the fray comes NGC. see TCGS was first, the professional coin grading service. That was the first one in nineteen eighty five. Then NGC Numismatic Guarantee Corporation came out in nineteen eighty six. And there was a ton of other firms who are rushing into the phrase saying, we're going to grade coins and we'll be the answer. And if we fast forward to today, the two major firms are PCGS and NGC. They look at the coins, they grade the coins, they put it in cases. The interesting thing, Bob, and I know it's the answer, is the grades of coins went back to 1948, which was called the Sheldon scale, from 1 to 70. 1 was the worst coin, 70, was absolutely the best. Couldn't get any better. So they now use the same numerical scale, but it's now uh, a situation where they grade it and put it in a uh, paper-proof uh, plastic case that is... Uh, either a PCGS case or NGC case, depending on who you send it to. And on that case, inside that case, is a sticker that says, this is what the coin is. And what has happened over the years, the standards have changed. And so now you have things like CAC coming out, the Collectors Acceptance Corporation saying, well, we want to see if they are grading coins the same way, in, in this, uh, the same kind of standards that everyone else would be grading them, so you would now have a, a circumstance. And the interesting thing of it is, Bob, the people who started CAC (Collector's Acceptance Corporation) same people who started NGC, so now they're grading the graders, and it's hmm. got to the point where the CAC uh, graded coins now get a value. There from a few percentage points, all the way up to 92% more than the standard grade, depending on what the coin is. So, grading is really important, because it tells someone, here's a coin, you can look it up, and they say, oh, what is it? You need to have someone, uh, and because you have the Internet, you can actually see pictures of coins in various grades, which you couldn't see before. But the key thing of it is, once you see something is close, you can then send it off through the dealer, have it created, and then you know exactly what it
1: is. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Burnett Morris is here with me today. Uh, he is the president of www.coinanalysis.com. He, I've, I've had the uh, the pleasure of watching you go through this process. And uh, talk a little bit about what what how the process works. I mean, you sit down with... Uh, you know, with a box of coins and you separate them out. I mean, talk a little bit about what, what you do, how long it takes you to get through a, 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 the process, that sort of thing. Well,
0: the, the key thing when you're going through coins, and let's say we have someone say, I got a box of coins, what are they worth? Uh, what we normally do, you can divide coins, and this sounds pretty simplistic, but when I look at the coins, I can divide them into, uh, into piles and say, okay, mm-hmm. this pile of coins here. It's change. It's the type of coin that, you know, someone said, "Oh, I got a whole bunch of Jefferson nickels uh, and Buffalo nickels. Uh, those are worth a nickel, except for some of the ones that are uh, have different characteristics." But you have, I got some pennies and all that. But there's uh, a better example too. Would be Kennedy half dollars after 1970. I got a bunch of Kennedy half dollars. Great, take them to the bank; they're worth a half dollar. So we take the coins that are actually Change and say you can take those to the bank. Not worry about it. Many have coins that are that's in and no value, and these are what we call the. Uh, I, I sort of call them the World War II uh, dad went to uh, dad dad was in in uh, in Germany during the war. Came back and he had all these cranks and and uh, mm. German marks and things like that. well fine if you are to go back to Germany take those that you can use them. Those particular coins, except for the ones made out of actual silver or gold, which is sort of scarce to find, uh, those are the type of coins. We used to have a bucket at the end of our counter that had all these foreign coins from uh, the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. That just filled with it. People would come in and say, I've got these. And we said, well, that's the same thing we got in the bucket. Would you like some more? Because there's (laughs) no value. Then... You have the coins that you find, and this is where it's like uh, uh, it's the treasure hunt part. You find coins, you say, "Okay, where did this come from?" The one thing that's very important when when I or anybody else looks at coins like this, we very quickly get to see a collector's profile. Where did the coins come from? How did the how did the original owner of these coins deal with these? these things that he just threw into a can or put into a bag or was there an order to it? Did he have uh, coins that were certified he had coins were uh, I'll give you one wonderful example we had had a case that we dealt with up in Indiana where a gentleman had kept a ledger and when they asked for the uh, uh, for a copy of it, it was four inches thick. Mm. It was eleven by seventeen. The first entry was uh, 1944, and the last entry was the year before he died. There were 23,000 entries. He had (laughs) meticulously written down every coin he bought, who he bought it from, what it was, the grade it was when he bought it. It was a phenomenal undertaking that he had. And he was a professional collector, and that particular collection... It sounds like it's not like it's not a lot, but of what, you, what he did, over $450,000 mm. It is an amazing thing to see. But uh, when, you, when you look at these things, you, you have to be able to have that eye and say, okay, these coins here, we take a second look at. These coins definitely have a collector value, and we have to send it off and have it certified to find out
1: what it is. So so tell me this, because I've seen I've come across articles before about pennies and uh, this one oh. penny went to auction and uh, and and uh, brought back half a million dollars. I mean, it was it was a big, a large amount of money. Well, as you're looking through that, and let's just talk about pennies in particular. I mean, what are you looking for that's special that makes these uh, pennies one of a kind?
0: Well, the, there are certain pennies that are absolutely, uh, you know, the ones that you look for. You you hear about the SBDBs, uh, the Victor Brennan coins. You look at the uh, twenty one, uh, the twenty two planes. Uh, probably one of the most famous ones. Before we get into the zinc coins, is the, the nineteen fifty five double die, and they also had another one, I believe, in nineteen seventy two, and that's where the the uh, the, the on the coin was twice, and you have like a shadowed uh, uh, image of the of the word uh, in God We Trust across and Liberty and whatever, and it's very obvious. The other ones were absolute mistakes by the mint. Uh, back when they went from uh, copper to zinc during the war in 1943, they had some penny uh, penny the round uh, blanks for pennies, in the uh, containers when they went to mint the new zinc coins, and there was roughly about a half a dozen to a dozen as of, of pennies that were struck that were 1943. Well, they were all all the 1943 pennies were zinc. then when they switched back, the same thing happened in reverse. Had some zinc planches in the in the uh, in the conveyor that came out. With the the date 1944. So you have to find those particular things, and and you have to make sure that the news media, when you're talking to them, gets it right because we cause
1: it. Burnett, are you still with me? uh, Maybe, uh, Burnett, give us a call back and we'll we'll get you uh, hooked up uh, back through the system. What went wrong there? Hey, this is Bob Brooks, and uh, you are listening to the uh, Prudent Money Radio Show. Burnett, are you back with me? Okay, we'll uh, see here. Uh, But The uh, website, if you want more information about Burnett, is coinanalysis.com. And uh, it's interesting to me, as I've, I've kind of talked about this with various people, How they their their parents will have uh, will have uh, put together quite a collection, and uh, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know. what Are you with us, Burnett? Yes, I am. You you, you gotta love it. Uh, Okay, so you're saying I'm sorry you got cut off there.
0: So when you're looking you're looking for pennies, there are certain pennies that have uh, you know definitive characteristics. That are well known. And the one thing that I caution everybody is that the key thing of it is when you look for those pennies, remember in the aspect of grade, you can have a, a 1909 SVDB and you're going, I got one. You didn't hit the mother load yet because the next thing you have to do is go back to what we discussed earlier is what's the grade? So you have a coin that's a rare coin, but in the condition that most people will find them, which is very worn, which is because the coins were made for use as a commercial item, not as a collectible, and the next thing you have to say, oh, well, this coin, because it's a 1909 uh, DDB, is worth $29. But if it's in a mint state 69 condition, you're looking at a coin that's worth $40,000. So the key thing of it is if it doesn't look like, and a good analogy, Bob, is cars. Someone can say, hey, I just heard that a Corvette 1953 sold it at an auction for 190000 Great. He says, I've got a 53 Corvette. You go, really? And you look at it, and it's on its eighth paint job, its second engine, <laughs> the interior's messed up. But it is a 53 Corvette. But will he get 190000 for it? No.
1: So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the liquidation process. You know, you want to sell these coins, and uh, – uh, what 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 process do you go through what do you consider that type of thing burnett are you with us well i don't know why we're having so much trouble today yeah uh, this is uh, bob brooks and you, uh, are you burnett are you with us are you, are you there okay so this is bob brooks <laughs> gotta love live radio uh, uh, once again his website is coinanalysis.com, and hopefully he'll get back on the program. I'd like to talk a little bit about the liquidation process, how you go through that, because there are some options. And uh, once again, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you are working with somebody who's legit. Are you there, Burnett?
0: Yep, I have no idea what's going on Okay, but
1: we've got got about three minutes left to to make it through. So let's talk about the liquidation process.
0: Okay, two ways to liquidate. One is auction. That is the primary method of liquidation for, for anything of value. Uh, main reason being, let me explain to you this way. If you're auctioning, the auctioneer is on the same side of the table as you are. They only get paid if they get the maximum amount of money for the coins that you're selling. If you're wanting to sell them wholesale, that's where he's on one side, you're on the other he wants to buy it as cheaply as he can, so he can resell it. And so that's that's one of the methodologies that is used. If you're selling something that is very common, but of a good value, if you got a two, three hundred dollar coin and got a whole bunch of them, you primarily wind up selling them wholesale. You have a five thousand dollar coin, you sell it at auction.
1: And one uh, last question: How do you know, you know, you want to sell them, but uh, is this the best time to sell the coins? You know that's a question that someone asks, and I say, "Here's the here's the best time when it's beneficial to the client to
0: sell." I've had clients who had uh, there's one couple that uh, had a whole bunch of coins, and we added them all up. It was like eighteen thousand dollars, and they said, "Is it a good time to sell?" I knew their net worth, I knew their their uh, their financials, and I said, "If you sold it for eighteen thousand, is it something that would change your financial?" Life is it something that would be great? They said, no, it's like you know that's nice. Just add it to our uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars savings. Then you can sell it if you want or you can wait till it goes up a little. They're not going to get any lower in value, but you can sell them if it's something that is beneficial. Tule out Rockwall, they had coins ten thousand dollars. That was a real major thing for them. And they sold it because that's paid off a bunch of their mm-hmm. bills that they wanted to have. So it really depends on what the client situation is. Uh, the market is always active.
1: This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money radio show. once again, the website to, have, to find out more information about Burnett is www.coinanalysis.com. And uh, Burnett, it's so great to have you on the program today.
0: Bob, thank you very much for having me. Uh, sorry about whatever we had going on with our cell phone here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who who knows? <laughs> I, think, I, think we got,
0: I think we got it
1: all done. There you go. Okay, well, good talking to you, Burnett. Take care.
0: Thank you.
1: This is Bob <laughs> Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, you know, sometimes we get these uh gremlin in the uh the system and it just wants to not act right. Fortunately. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen every once in a while. Like I said, you gotta love live radio, and uh, that's what you get sometimes. Once again, if you want uh, more information on com. I've had—I've actually I've known Burnett for 20 plus years, and. I thought to myself uh, the other day, I said, well, we should have him on the the, uh, radio show because I'm sure a lot of people could use this information. So that's coinanalysis.com. This is Bob Brooks. If you have a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time Till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day.